0: Hey guys, it's David, the founder of Voices, the website where hopefully you're finding a lot of voiceover work. On this podcast, my role is to be your guide, giving you a behind-the-scenes look at how things work here at Voices.com, and as well as provide insights on the industry, current trends that I'm seeing, as well as my perspective on the future. On today's show, I'm going to answer one of the questions that I'm sure is on most of your minds, how can I be a more successful voice actor? Now, if you've ever found yourself asking that question, don't worry, you're not alone. In fact, many voice actors are constantly attempting to answer just that. How can I be more successful? Well, there's no doubt that becoming a professional voice actor takes time, training, and of course, dedication over the long haul. What success actually looks like in practice is a little bit harder to quantify. Well, over the last year, we developed a report by doing research on uh, both through surveys, as well as reaching out to a number of talent and coaches just trying to get to the bottom of it. What makes up a successful voice talent? So we've compiled a report, it's accessible and for free on Voices.com. If you go to the bottom of every page on our website, you'll see a little link there called Reports. And the one I'm referring to is literally called How to Become a Successful Voice Actor. So I'm gonna walk us through that today. The report compiles survey data from voice actors and coaches from around the world, along with our own internal data as well as in-house expertise. What we're trying to do is illuminate what successful voice actors are doing uh, how are they engaged what are they investing in in order to foster a thriving business of their own specifically though we examine how advanced voice actors operate in their business in regards to a couple different dimensions first off talent development what are they doing in the area of coaching and training Uh, what do video coaches even do and then how do you identify the right coach And specifically, what are the differences between an in-person coaching and online voiceover coaching? So after talent development, we cover home studio technology. Of course, there's a wide array of technologies that are out there, um, but we do want to cover the basics. Of course, you know, what are your home studio setup needs? Uh, Of course, microphones, software recording, headphones, and then any other special equipment. Now, it's often been said that the work of the voice actor is the auditioning. So let's go deep on understanding how much time do most talent do auditioning every day? How many is a good number of auditions to go for? And then pull out a few ideas about how to make a successful voiceover audition. And finally, pulling it all together, what are the marketing strategies that successful voice actors find to be effective? How are they branding themselves online? How are they filling out their profile on Voices.com? Do they have their own website and how are they using social media? The critical role of voiceover demos and then how to get clients to give you referrals as well, too. And so that is what we're going to cover today in the episode of The Voices Experience. All right, let's dive in first to talent development. I mentioned that starts with training and coaching. Well, natural talent is a great starting point, of course, for anyone interested in a career in voice acting. However, the impact of training on the success of one's career can really be significant. And we just looked at the data those who have training or credentials listed on their profile, they're making 13% more on a job-by-job basis, and those who have listed a coach are booking 21% more jobs overall. So as a further testament to the importance of ongoing education, voice coaches also put their money where their mouth is. 71% of coaches receive training themselves. Susan Berkeley, a voice actor and coach in New York, says, I'm always sharpening my saw. I invest tens of thousands of dollars a year in my own training and education so that I can bring the most up-to-date information, um, marketing and business building methods to our students in a market that is always growing and changing. So there is someone who's uh, telling it just like it is. She uh, definitely lives out her own career and craft. And you might be wondering, well, what do voice coaches do? Well, coaches offer a wide range of services, including audio production, education, the demo production, either accent training or accent reduction, often character development. Those who don't have a background in acting, getting into character can be somewhat difficult and the coach can help out with that. And once you have those basic performance skills down and those technical skills, you might want to get some guidance on how to market yourself more effectively. So as you see, coaches don't only help voice actors with vocal technique. They also help with the technical and business side of the industry as well. Coaching is a tried and true way to gain the necessary skills to start and grow your voiceover business. So how do you identify the right vocal coach? Well, in order to achieve success with a coach, your training needs have to be aligned with the coach's expertise and kind of area of offering. So your styles need to mesh with theirs. The best way to find your coaching fit is to do a trial session or maybe an interview call. Often a lot of them have podcasts or videos that you can view on YouTube. There's a number of podcasts uh, here at Voices.com that are provided by coaches. So you can listen to those and find somebody that, you know, clicks with you. Bruce Carey one of the voice coaches that we work with. And he says, even during an evaluation, you should be impressed by the coach's method and immediate results. So they should be giving those insights right off the bat. And that's when you know you're going to get a lot of value in working with them. Now, in our digitally connected era, it's allowing voice actors to access some of the top coaches from around the globe by doing remote or online sessions a remote or online coaching offers the same benefits as working in person plus though it has the added benefit to strengthens the students level of comfort using technology which of course is an important and integral part of the industry 85 percent of coaches that we surveyed they actually indicated they do offer some type of online coaching so if you reach out to a coach and they say they only have workshops from here and there they probably also do one-on-one sessions that you can uh, that you can take advantage of Ellie Devers another coach that we've worked with from time to time says I think in some cases my students are uncomfortable with the technology involved with Skype or FaceTime but that initial discomfort usually is overcome quite rapidly then i find it's useful for my students to become more familiar with the technologies because they're going to be involved when it comes to auditions and working uh, with the clients remotely. That's actually a really good point that Ellie makes. You're not always going to be in person and in studio. Oftentimes the recording sessions are these live directed sessions that are done remotely. Now more than ever, Skype, FaceTime, Google Hangouts, Zoom, Microsoft meeting, there's a whole plethora of these remote kind of directed sessions. It's really just a communication method that that client can give you some artistic direction. So you can see coaching is a great way to get more familiar with those technologies. Building a home studio can feel like one of the more complex and perhaps even expensive aspects of launching or running your own voiceover business. Many of those who've been in the space a while know that they've invested thousands of equipment uh, that make up their sound. What gear to purchase, what software to use, and how to set up your own studio are among the most widely discussed topic in the voiceover industry, and that extends far beyond into musicians and other live performers as well, and really anyone that does recording. While the investment doesn't need to be substantial to yield excellent results, understanding what gear the other professional voice actors are using can actually act as a bit of a guidepost for those who hope to acquire the equipment over time and that meets or exceeds an acceptable standard. Voices.com did our own research and looked at what are the pro actors on the platform using, and it seemed to fall into each of these three areas. Microphone types and brands, the voiceover recording software itself, and then some headphones or playback speakers. Let's start off with the microphones. The type of mic and the brand that each voice actor prefers really does vary quite widely. It's important to understand which mic works best for one's vocal abilities, meaning somebody's mic might be good for their voice, but it might not be great for yours, or you just don't like how it interprets your sound. So 25% of the respondents to our survey said they actually chose their microphone through trial and error. That means they just tried out a bunch. Often, I've heard it said that you can maybe contact your local music store and ask to borrow a microphone over the weekend or even rent one. Um, They'll do that in advance of expecting, hopefully, a purchase. So that's a great tip right there. Make sure you try out a number of microphones before investing hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Erica Keynes, one of the voice actors on Voices.com, and she says, right now, I have a Rode NT1 that I use in my studio. That's what she has in her studio now, but the first mic that was ever recommended to her was the Samson C01U Pro, and in fact, that's actually the microphone that I'm using today, the Samson C01U. So it shows you that there's a variety of equipment that's out there. You're going to have to make your decision, particularly on those microphones, but more specifically than a particular brand, um, despite how personal that microphone selection process is, some microphone types are going to be much more popular. Of course, a condenser microphone is going to be the most popular at 41% of people filling out the survey said that that's what they had. 40% surprisingly actually had a USB microphone, which is again what I'm using today. Not going to be the greatest quality if you're knocking out voiceovers day in and day out. But that's what a lot of us are using. Um, And for my purposes, it's just here on the podcast. Um, Then we have the cardioid microphone at eight and a half percent dynamic microphones, ribbon, omni, or other kind of configuration microphones, just um, less than about 3%. So most often, if you hear something uh, like referred to as a Neumann microphone, that's again, a brand. And then most of those are condenser microphones. So take a look at that. Now, the microphone that Anatole is using, he's a professional voice actor. And he says uh, he's actually currently using an Audio-Technica AT4047. It's a cardioid condenser microphone. It's got a large diaphragm, really captures a lot of sound. And he's obviously tested that out himself and landed on one that works best for him. Now, there's a lot of other data about microphones, the brands, the styles, Um, as well as the manufacturers themselves. And so I'd encourage you to go to Voices.com into the report section where you can see all of the data of what uh, people are using there. So the last thing I'm going to say about microphones is that it's totally okay to start out with the best microphone that you can afford and then upgrade later as you start to book more work. That seems to be the path that most other voice actors on Voices.com have pursued as well. All right, let's talk about the recording software. Just like microphones, there's a wide variety of audio recording software options, and they vary in range and complexity from completely free to a few hundred dollars per year like Pro Tools. So Chloe Taylor says that I use Audacity. It's free. It's downloadable. It's really easy to use. And since voiceover, you're really just working with one track. You don't need a whole multi-track software program. So that's one of the appeals of Audacity. Someone else says that they started with Audacity and then a couple weeks later switched to Adobe Audition, which is available from the Adobe Creative Cloud um, that you can download as well online. Now, preference of recording software is one of these personal choices and low cost of free options can be, in fact, just as effective and competitive as the more expensive packages. Sometimes voice actors may find that an investment in the software is worth making for various reasons from the program's capabilities, its plugins, or maybe even a personal opinion over the sound quality. So what are those voice actors using on Voices.com? The five most popular audio recording software brands, according to data that's listed on the voice actor profiles, these are the most popular programs. Adobe Audition is on top. It's a subscription. It's $29.99 a month. Then we have Audacity, completely free. Pro Tools, which is, again, an industry standard, but more for music and audio post-production, but definitely the big heavyweight in the space. It ranges from, there's a free lightweight version, all the way up to about $600, $700. You can buy that on a one-time fee or in an annual subscription. Logic 8, which is actually made by Apple, that's $279. And then we have, of course, another Apple product, GarageBand. 5% of respondents said they use GarageBand. It's free. It comes standard and pre-installed on all Macs. Still on home studio technology, let's talk about headphones for voice actors. Do you use them? Do you not? Well, compared to microphones and audio recording software, headphones don't really get nearly as much discussion or attention, but they can be arguably one of the most important pieces of equipment in a voice actors toolkit especially deciding whether or not you're going to be editing with headphones on day in and day out and speaking of editing imperfections in your audio prevent you from really booking work good quality headphones are important because they allow you to catch those imperfections or oddities that maybe you wouldn't hear normally just coming through speakers but your client's ears might pick them up so find the perfect pair of headphones you can test them out at your local music store again borrow or rent them. Maybe ask a friend or colleague if you can take some headphones over the weekend. Then just start by listening to the lowest cost pair of headphones and then work your way up there in price. It's really a fun way to determine if the headphones meet your budget and kind of quality and if you can kind of really perceive if there's a difference between each of these sets of headphones. So it's going to allow you to find not only a pair that sounds good but also one that's comfortable and kind of sits on your head. Um, We don't want your ears to get too squished over time and just kind of have more ear fatigue. So Be conscious of uh, what your headphone selection is going to be. The top five headphone brands preferred by voice actors in our survey, uh, not necessarily listed on their profile, because maybe headphones don't seem as important there. They're more of a behind-the-scenes tool, but the brands that most people are preferring are Sony, Sennheiser, AKG, then Audio-Technica, then a whole variety of miscellaneous headphones after that. But Sony and Sennheiser both have 13% of the respondents said that those are their favorite headphones to choose from. So still on headphones, can you believe that 95% of the voice actors that we surveyed wear their headphones while recording and for playback and editing? Only 5% just wear their headphones for playback and editing. So the vast majority of you are going to be having your headphones on day in and day out throughout the day during the recording as well as during the editing phase. So make sure you find a good pair of headphones that sits well on your head, is comfortable, and sounds great. Now, up to this point, we've been covering the home studio technology, but there's some other important areas that you might want to be paying some attention to. Not necessarily the recording, but more specifically the room that you're recording in. You can spend thousands of dollars on the recording and then have a really vibrant room that sounds kind of, uh, you know, reverberating and kind of the slackback sound. Now, that can be avoided in a couple ways. Yes, of course, soundproofing your room, but One technique that most people don't realize is the closer that you get to your microphone, the less of a room tone or room sound that you're picking up. So make sure you're really tight and up there on that microphone. So there's articles, of course, on the Voices.com blog on how to soundproof a room. You can spend a lot of money or little money, um, but some talent even say that they just use a guest room. They have a large cloth over a beach umbrella and some heavy down comforters that makes up the walls. So that's one way to do it. Other people put up acoustic foam um, that they've been able to grab from a musician friend. So there's lots of ways to acoustically treat your room. The important part is that you want to have it as quiet and kind of contained as possible. Now... If you're not going to treat your room yourself, maybe you've upgraded and you've landed a few more jobs and you're looking to invest in your space, um, sometimes it can include actually putting in a booth. And so that might look like a out of the box booth called a whisper room or a studio brick. These are ones that you can kind of um, that are prefabricated and you can install right in your space. Or you might have a construction or carpenter friend who can help you put one together. Now, there's lots of other equipment that can go into a home studio or maybe some tips on how to soundproof a room. If you've got advice on home studio equipment like your favorite piece of gear or maybe something that really changed or improved your sound, take a minute now just to add it to the comment section below and help out one of your friends. All right, well, we've been talking about how to become a successful voice actor, begins with the coaching, then you got to have a great setup, but at some point, you actually need to be starting to do some auditions. So, how much time should be spent auditioning every day? There's no two ways about it. Voice actors need to be auditioning often to, in order to become successful, but the tricky part is, what is often exactly? Once a day, twice a day, how much time should you spend actually doing the auditions? Well, in that survey I've been mentioning, it revealed that professional voice actors divide their time equally between auditioning and then completing the jobs that they've actually won. Approximately, let's call it a one-to-one ratio between recording auditions and recording jobs. However, when you get started, though, in order to build a business, beginner voice actors have to spend at least two times as much time recording those auditions. So this group's ratio looks a lot closer to a two-to-one. Two times as much recording auditions for every one job that you're actually doing. So if that's the ratio, what does that kind of break down in terms of hours per week? Well, in our survey, 87% of beginning voice talent spend just under 10 hours a week doing auditions and then less than five hours a week actually recording those jobs. Of our most successful talent, though, on the platform are actually the ones that are auditioning daily. This is especially true to newcomers on the platform, but even those who've been working with us for years and landing hundreds of jobs, they're still auditioning daily. And out of this whole podcast, if you remember anything, I want it to be this key piece of data that our information shows that voice actors who audition seven or more times a day make approximately $20,000 more per year than voice talent who audition less than seven times per day. So if you're going to have a personal goal, make it be seven auditions or more per day. Now, I mentioned Anatole earlier, but he says again in the comments here that most of my day is spent auditioning. It depends on how many auditions come in, of course, but a typical audition could run you from five minutes to 10 minutes, depending on the research and the effort that's needed to put in. So do it as best as you can and as quickly as you can. Um, And that actually could be 20 auditions to up to 50 auditions per day. I've heard some talent at their height of kind of just getting going at the beginning, really enthusiastic, doing 60, 70 auditions per day. That is completely crazy. That is a total machine. Um, But you do get better in how to figure out how to do them faster and uh, really improve your workflow through that. So when it comes to doing the auditions themselves, one of the tips that we often give out is You know, of course, the recommended length of the audition, you don't want to record the whole script, of course, but the length is approximately 15 to 30 seconds of actual recorded time. Now, if a script is longer, for example, for an audiobook or maybe a documentary, then really those first few seconds really quite matter and they tend to seal the deal for the client's. And if it is a little bit longer of a script, you actually might want to record a bit of a longer audition so they can hear you stay in character for longer or uh, have a long piece of narration that you can really capture and keep that listener's attention. So maximize your time efficiently by sticking to the time frame that matters most. Most often, though, it's going to be that 15 to 30 seconds on the audition and make sure those first few seconds matter. Now, I mentioned that magical seven number, those who make uh, $20,000 or more uh, than their counterparts are because they're doing seven or more auditions. However, most of the premium talent that if I just kind of down select to them um, through the data and both through the comments, it looks like at least 10 auditions a day seems to be a pretty standard goal. So if you have a goal, I'd love to see it in the comments below. What's your auditioning goal every day? Uh, Or maybe you think of it every week. Do you have a goal? And if so, how many auditions are you doing every day? So if you have a goal for the number of auditions that you want to do, you might be asking, what's the most important aspect of the audition itself? Well, the first consideration may seem obvious, but it's often overlooked. You just must be the right voice for the job. By being selective and auditioning for jobs that you're qualified for, you know, the language, the style, the age range, your capabilities, um, even the right accent, you know, that's going to be the first key. The client is, you're not going to fool them by trying to pretend to be somebody that you're not. And in fact, it's probably a waste of your time and their time too, unfortunately. So stick with jobs that you feel are really good for you. But beyond those basics, creating an emotional connection with your performance is what seals the deal. It's not the lowest quote or the lowest bid on the job. It's not even the first one that gets in. Um, In speaking with over 100 talent on a number of Google Hangouts over the last couple of weeks, um, I've asked them kind of what's working for them, what isn't working for them, and uh, there I did actually get some questions about, you know, is it the lowest price Is it that, that talent is quoting? Are they, are they the ones uh, getting it? And I described this kind of Goldilocks effect when it comes to quoting. I'll probably do a whole other episode on this in the future, but really, you know, your quote needs to come within the range, the middle of the range that the client has selected as their budget. So uh, not too hot, not too low, um, but just right in the middle. So I refer to that as the Goldilocks effect. So, but in, So you got to be right for the job. You got to create an emotional connection. And more than that, it's, uh, or as important, I should say, is actually having a quote that's solid within the middle of the range. Because in fact, the statement that our clients let us know is that the performance or vocal qualities that connect emotionally with my audience, that's the number one factor. So really the artistic performance. And 70% agree uh, of clients agree that this aspect of the audition was the most important part of their casting decision. So my final tip for this section is if you don't know, you can actually choose the criteria for jobs that are best suited for you. You just get emailed only those jobs and you can go into your account settings. You can select the budget, the type of job, and then just get only those ones sent to you. So go check your account, your account settings at Voices.com. So during this whole episode, we've been talking about what makes a successful voice actor and successful voice actors market themselves differently than everyone else. So voice actors that are on top have a number of marketing strategies in their back pocket. Some of the most effective marketing tools that they leverage include having an online presence or brand, making sure their demos are top notch. They always have client and referrals from uh, other voice actors that they work with. So they've got their own mini network that they're referring business to that doesn't fit them. But then the reciprocal happens as well, too, where they get business inbound. So there's an informal referral network, and then they're always looking for ways to actually expand their offerings. What else can I offer in addition to voiceover? Perhaps it's translation. Maybe the client needs some help just fine-tuning their copy a little bit. Hey, do you want me to sync that voiceover up with some music? Even just offering those either afterwards, delivering that voice, those can be great. Let's call them upsell opportunities for you as well. When we asked voice actors to rate the importance of various marketing tactics, the professionals rated having a great website as the top tactic for them. So that's their own website on their own URL. So myvoiceactingwebsite.com, whatever that might be. All right, then after that, it's actually having clients talk about past projects, being able to talk about other clients' projects, and then, of course, amplifying that message through social media. When it comes to the beginners, though, they're really just trying to get up and running and off the ground, and they're trying to find their own feet, in which case, uh, actually offering audio production services in addition to doing voiceovers seem to be the tactic that they found to be most effective. So if I were to interpret that approach from some of the beginner talent, it would be under promising and over delivering. I'm going to promise to do a great voiceover for you, but I'm also going to edit it I'm going to maybe mix in some music, add sound effects if that's what the client wants, and maybe even deliver it in a couple different file formats. That's how you can deliver excellent service. So those are the marketing tactics that talent are using off of Voices.com, but many of those elements actually relate to your profile on Voices.com as well. Now, again, probably have a whole episode dedicated to optimizing your profile on Voices.com, but with uh, the hundreds of thousands of jobs that are posted here uh, every year, and by reputable and the most loved brands, it's really no surprise that this is another great way to market yourself. So it sounds simple, but creating a great Voices.com profile, we find that voice actors increase their chances of successfully landing work, because their profile's completed, it means that our search engine can, can find them and they can be invited for all the jobs because it's the profile information that's essential in calculating an actor's voice match score. Now, voice match and voice search, these are two technologies that we'll save for another day. But the key takeaway here is that your profile really needs to be filled out completely. And so there's even a profile completeness score that should be 100%. If you don't know why it's not 100%, Um, Just send an email to support at voices.com or questions about how you can make your profile even better. Just leave that in the comments below. Now, one of our product managers, Cornelia, actually says that an incomplete profile will cause you to miss out on voice match points. That's really our algorithm that determines how we invite you to job opportunities And it means you're not going to show up as in as many searches as well, too. So it's kind of like keeping your website from not appearing on Google. You want to make sure you've optimized it for Google. Well, similarly, you want to make sure that your profile is optimized for the voice search as well. So voice match, this match algorithm for the jobs, that needs to be complete and accurate to ensure that you're getting invited to all the work possible and will let you know how well matched you are for specific jobs. That's a score out of 100. The higher your score, the higher you appear in the client's list of audition responses. So the key takeaway here is that you not only do you want to have a complete profile, but for the jobs that you do get invited to, the ones with the highest voice match, that means that you're going to get to kind of bump up to the top of that audition list. All right, so we covered your Voices.com profile, but one of the aspects of your profile is also your demos. Now, your demos don't need to be produced just for Voices.com. You can, of course, you're going to have demos on your own website, maybe upload them to SoundCloud or maybe other sites that you're a part of. So the demos are often referred to as the best business card for voice actors. When it comes to adding voiceover demos, more is more. A couple years ago, those voice actors who had seven or more demos uploaded to their Voices.com profile... Increased a get this 290% increase in their hire rate. That's the times of the percentage of jobs that they win. 312% increase in their earnings and 300% increase in being favorited by listens. So, favorites is when the clients use that favoriting tool or that heart um, that are listed in the search results and on your profile and so forth. You got to be logged in as a client to actually see the heart. Um, But you will definitely get notified if every time that you're favorite. So if you have seven or more demos, then you're getting basically 300% across uh, each of those different uh, metrics. So really important. So we've heard seven auditions or more per day and seven demos uploaded to your profile. So you might be wondering, why is having seven demos important? Well, one explanation might be that creating a voiceover demo in each of the specific skill sets, um, for instance, having a French demo, a commercial demo, a narration demo, and then properly tagging each one of these, that's helping our search engine ultimately find you. The tags that voice actors select on your demos, they're the same tags that the clients are using to search for voice actors. So it makes sense. The more demos you have, the better that you've tagged them, the easier you are for to be found in the search engine the more properly and throw that you've tagged your demos, um, then really the more opportunities that you're going to have to show up when a client is looking for that particular skill. Cornelia, I mentioned her earlier, one of our product managers, she says that clients perform over 70,000 searches for voice talent every single month. Now, what they're looking for and what our search engine returns is all based upon the demos and that demo that matches their search criteria. So it's incredibly important to ensure that your demos are varied They have a great title, they have a great description, and they're tagged accurately. Nothing's more frustrating for a client than running a search and then having results that are kind of different from what they're expecting. Now, in addition to having all the kind of attributes listed on your demos themselves, voice actors typically only have a short window, perhaps of even seconds, to win over potential clients. Now, this next tip might be a little controversial, but one easy way to build up a bank of demos is by asking clients permission to use their audio samples uh, as far as completed projects never use auditions for your demo. That's definitely a no-no. But what you do want to do is if you've completed work, the client's happy, you can ask them, hey, can I include that in an upcoming demo? Most of them are going to say yes. In fact, 75% of voice actors stated that they sometimes or always ask clients to repurpose their audio files as demos. So that is definitely a common practice. So if you're curious how often you should refresh your demos, uh, Christy Fabry says that she actually tries at least every year, perhaps even every six months, to listen to her own demos, making sure that they're still relevant, Um, especially if you're using years in demos. If you said the 2003 Honda Accord, well, it's, you know, 2020 or beyond, depending on whenever you're listening to this podcast, you don't want to have music that's dated. You You want to make sure that your demos are evergreen. And actually, I often see talent who have labeled their demo titles in years that have gone by. This is the simplest editing and a way that you can kind of stay current. You don't need to change the content of your demo. Just make sure it's not saying 2015 or 2012. Um, if the year's 2020 or 2021, then make sure you have the most accurate and up-to-date demo content, but also the way that you titled your demos as well, too. Great demos highlight your skills. Instead of having one long demo reel that contains all the various reads, languages, and even characters, well, cut them down. Have one demo for each skill set or style. The investment in your time is going to pay you back dividends by showing up in all of those searches. As you can see, becoming a successful voice actor requires a lot more than just having a great voice. You have to have business acumen, you have to have technical skills, and the performance needs to all come together. The data in the report that I've been mentioning just paints a picture of what it takes to become a successful voice actor. Can you see yourself as an individual who is organized, you're focused, you're business savvy, as well as in possession of well-developed talent? And you also maintain and continued education. Professional voice actors spend almost half their time auditioning for work, and they're actively engaged in self-promotion via personal website and on social medias, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter at least. On Voices.com, however, the additional keys to success lie in a complete and accurate profile by tagging at least seven demos, and then when it comes time to doing those auditions, doing at least seven auditions a day as well. Now, for those of you who are just beginning your voice acting career, this report highlights some of the many strategies that you can learn from, adopt and adapt from the established professionals in order to increase your overall success in the industry. For those of you who are more seasoned in your careers, hopefully this report and the data in the podcast that we've talked about today serves as a benchmark for you. You can always be upping your game. Once again, remember to go to Voices.com and download the full report. It's called How to Become a Successful Voice Actor. If you have questions or comments, leave them below in the show notes or actually comment to me by sending me an email, david at voices.com. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play to catch the latest episode. Well, until then, always use your voice to inform, entertain, and inspire the world.